0: All right, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the Dad Bod Brigade podcast. My name is Dylan. I will be one of your hosts uh, as we move forward through this and build it into who knows what at this point. So, a bit of a background. We've got our co host with us today, Chris. If you want to say hey, Chris.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody?
0: Um, so, quick background on each of us. Um, I am a. North Carolina native, born and raised here, went to North Carolina state university, go Wolfpack, um, army veteran, father of two, small business owner. I'm into all kinds of hobbies that, uh, the, the wife is probably not happy about cause they're very expensive hobbies. So I'm into music. I'm into guns. I'm into hockey. I'm into anything you can think of. That's probably too expensive. Um, and, we want this podcast to kind of just grow as we build it and see what happens to it. But I think um, giving our backgrounds and giving you guys our story about where we came from, what our, our what our ideas are for this as we grow, um, and then just kind of adding to it as we see fit as we grow and build. So, um, Chris, why don't you give a background of yourself, introduce yourself, and then uh, we can go from there.
1: Yeah, thank you super excited to be here, super excited to kick this off. Uh, Kentucky boy, uh, live here in Kentucky, lived in Raleigh before this, dad of one, uh, marketing director for a hemp and CBD company. So kind of navigating the wild world of, you know, regulations and craziness there. Um, But you know, my passion is uh, being at the lake, you know, having fun outside, teaching my boy how to you know, how to engage with the world a little better. So, you know, really excited to get this kicked off and and see where it goes. I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about, guests we can bring in to really just, you know, bring in views and opinions that you can relate to. And hopefully, you know, Dylan and I can, you know, bring in a a unique perspective to what we're experiencing the world and, you know, the craziness that we see every day.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, another point of background here. So Chris and I first met in 2016, the summer I got out of the army here in Raleigh. Um, I had been in sales and uh, marketing previous to the army right after I got out of college and kind of fell back onto that when I got out of the army. Didn't really know where else to go. I would been in the army for four years, deployed, came back and was just trying to get my feet wet again in the corporate world. So, got a job in sales at the same company that Chris was at and we met, we started hanging out, the wives met, the families met and the kind of the rest is history if you will. So, we've been a pretty tight group. We we all got into boating at the same time and kind of fell in love with that and that's we can get into the story about the name of Dad Bod Brigade when we get to that point, but the boating and the families and the hanging and the summers and the kids and everything else like that on the water is kind of where all this started. And so our backgrounds go back to about 2016 when we first started working together back in the day.
1: And before we were the dad bod brigade, we were the diaper dynasty.
0: That's right. So (laughs) without, without like maybe saying names of companies, I don't, I don't know how far down the road we can go with that, but we did work for a company that manufactured diapers, adult diapers and children diapers. So I was a diaper salesman <laughs> and Chris was a diaper marketer, uh, which was pretty <laughs> funny. It's a very good conversation starter, actually.
1: Yeah. And we've seen some stuff.
0: Yeah. I, to go from being in the army and flying on helicopters to selling diapers was was a pretty pretty large adjustment for me, at least. I don't know about you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely was a uh, unique experience.
0: It was fun. And but we actually met, met people. Yeah, and we met our other co-founder of, of this whole crazy thing at the same company. Um, he's not on with us tonight. Uh, we'll hopefully get him on here soon, but we'll introduce you guys when the time is right. Awesome. So background on us, um, our thoughts on what we want this to become, what it kind of means to us. And I think we could even go into the story of the name because the name is, is, is funny. Obviously it's a play on words. If you were to look at us, we don't have super crazy dad bods. I mean, we we're not six pack runway models either. We're dads that like to throw back some beer, throw back some whiskey, eat some good burgers and dogs on the weekend. And you know, obviously we're into fitness and everything too, but the name is, is, is a funny funny story why don't you why don't you start that one
1: (laughs) yeah really i don't know where it really came from to start we you know we became this little boating group uh we'd go out on the weekends and you know i think i was trying to figure out a good hashtag to use for my social posts and i was like you know i was thinking pirates and and all sorts of crazy things and i was like well what's another word for a group of boats brigade and i was like well we're the dad bod brigade and Absolutely. it just kind of stuck. And, uh, you know, we got some flags, the wives got us some flags for father's day and we flew them proud for a, a little while till I moved away. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun little, fun little name for a group. And, you know, as Dylan kind of took it to the next level and was like, you know, I think there's a lot more behind this. I think there was more to this story. So let's, you know, let's tell the story.
0: Yeah. And that it was funny because it was silly at the time, but it, it kind of fit. Right. It made sense to like what we like yeah. to do. We were hanging out on the lake. We were boating. We were having fun. Like we wanted to create a cool little club. And the flag was so cool. I I don't think I was expecting it that year <laughs> for Father's Day. And then we got the pictures. So I'll have to use those pictures as like the art for this for this first episode here, since that's kind of the commemorative dad bod brigade you know, first instance that it was like a real thing. Right. Um, I love it. And then, yeah, my we,
1: Peloton. Uh, sorry, my Peloton username is actually dad bod brigade with me holding the flag.
0: Love it. Love it. Yeah. The, um the funny thing is, is as the more we hung out and the more we went out either on the lake or just hanging out at each other's houses or doing fires or something like that in the yard, like we talked more about these things. And I think because we're all boy dads too, it kind of helped in like, Hey, man, like, you know, oh, you got the kids into jujitsu. Oh, that's super cool. Like you're teaching them to do this. You're, you've got them in, you know, this cool school or you're, you're, you're letting them get dirty and muddy and nasty. And that's what boys are supposed to do. And so I think kind of taking all of our parenting ideas and understanding, you know, how society is today with strong boys and masculine men and things like that. It it kind of just naturally morphed into this idea of, you know, I bet there's a whole army of dads in our situation that feel the same way a brigade if you will of dads (laughs) that agree with us that think the same thing that want their boys or their girls to grow up to be strong you know masculine or feminine if you will but just strong individuals that know what to do they know right from wrong they can take care of themselves and they're just, they're decent human beings. And that's all we really want for our kids and for our families is to do right by them and to raise them and to be, you know, good humans. And that's kind of where we morph this into. And it's been several years actually, because you've been gone for how long now from Raleigh
1: Gosh, going, on, going on three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So since we moved out here into the country, you, you guys moved away right about the time we moved out here. So yeah. So about three years now, And we haven't really talked about it up until just this year. I think, I think we've had enough of the, the crazy woke culture that's canceled all kinds of things in in society. And I think that's, it was a good time for us to start pulling this back out and saying, you know what, like there's something here and I think we need to go with it.
1: And I think just, you know, hearing so many different opinions from people you and I really don't relate to, whether it's on the news or on social media, you know i think it's time for voices like us to speak out and you know tell our stories and tell people how we feel because you know i try to think we are the the dad's next door we uh you know our opinions likely resonate with with a lot of people and hopefully you know the things that we talk about and the guests that that come on um can make you feel more comfortable with hey you know what I'm hearing on the news or what I'm seeing on social doesn't relate to how I feel, but there's other people with you and hopefully we can bring that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just by looking at, you know, we've been doing our, our planning and our kind of, Collective thinking and note jotting down for this idea and for this this show, because we've got more of an idea instead of just a podcast of of where this can potentially go right there's there's all kinds of ideas that we can grow this into more than just a podcast, but I think I think the podcast is a great start it's a good way to kind of get our thoughts out there, get you know get enough people interested, get some guests involved and and start building that audience, and then from there kind of see where it goes but for me, I think and maybe this is because I've got the military background. I, I thought of like dad, Bob brigade. I was like, all right, I want to teach my kids to, you know, shoot, hunt, fish, you know, camp survival, bushcraft, fitness, health, diet, those kind of like preparedness things. Right. And that's my doomsday kind of prepper mindset in, in me. And then I saw your notes on what it meant to you and they were, they were kind of in the same realm, but they were different. And I think that is the best part about this is that it can mean so many different things to so many different people. But at the same time, it's still right down that same center line of the the morals and the principles and the values that we have with it, which is, is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Not everybody's GI Joe like you.
0: (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But what, so you, you came up with some of the ideas. I just kind of spitballed several of mine. What were the ones that you had in terms of, your ideas or your topics that meant something to you for this?
1: It really just things that dads experience, you know, on a daily basis that really don't get talked about, you know, dads try to conceal their emotions, not really talk about what's going on in their world and what challenges that they face. And I want to bring those, bring those to a head and talk about it and, you know, be comfortable with, you know, challenges that kids might be having, you know, in school or playing sports or, you know, I've got a lot of friends who, you know, that have boys that aren't necessarily doing the things that, they, that dads would want them to do. So let's talk about those things. Let's, you know, talk about ways to engage kids on a different level and, you know, have those discussions and topics.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge, too, because as much as we want our children to kind of fit this mold or you've got this idea in your head where you're like, all right, you know, for my son, Lincoln, you know, like, I want him to be tough. I want him to be strong. I want him to be, you know, masculine and all that. Well, and a lot of times he, he does show signs of that. But again, I have to remember also he's seven and. He is not the toughest boy that I know because I coach several of his teams. So he's really big into hockey and I coach his travel team. I coach his uh, house league team and there's kids that are better than him. And those are some of the lessons too, that I have to understand that as much as I want him to succeed and be the best out there and be the toughest and the fastest, I also have to realize that, you know, he might not be, and that's okay too. But teaching him that as a life lesson, I tell him this all the time and we do these kind of, um, like after action reviews, if I had to give it an army term, right. Um, after some of his games, (laughs) I'm going to get crap for that one. Uh, So we'll be in the truck and I'll be like, all right, Lincoln, tell me two things that you did good today and tell me two things that you think you can improve on based on your thoughts. I'm not going to say anything about what you did or what I think you did in your game today, but I want you to do it. And he'll kind of introspectively give me his thoughts. And a lot of times, man, they're right on the money with what I was going to say to him anyways. And so he realizes that, and we have that conversation and I always tell him, look, there's always going to be someone that's bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter than you. You have to understand that. And that has got to be used as your motivation to keep working hard and whatever you do, it could be, Hockey sports, school music doesn't matter, but that drive and that competitiveness is what I'm trying to bring out into him and so to to your point, every kid's different, and you've got to find that way to tweak it and talk about it and pull that out of each kid and i've I've seen that in coaching with all of his his teammates, and it's it's remarkable it really is,
1: yeah, see my son he's just about to be five, so cam. And, and, you know, I haven't experienced that yet. You know, he's getting into sports, he's, you know, playing with friends. He is a more athletic and more able child than other people he's playing with. But, you know, that's something that I'm excited to see is how he goes into his own when he starts playing sports and starts to be competitive and, um, you know, works at that higher level. So it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. And I know you're sort of in the throes of it right now with, with Lincoln.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's tough too with him because he's starting to, you know, his buddies play a couple different sports. And so he's wanting to branch out a little bit. So obviously he's been like hyper-focused on hockey for a few years now. And he just started football for the first time ever this spring. And it's a bit of a shock to his system. He doesn't really like it right now because he hasn't been with the boys. He hasn't been with the team. You know, he might not be getting every ball thrown his way. And I have to explain to him, like, look, man, if it was, you know, let's say a kid that's just starting out at nine u hockey level, you've been playing since you're four and you're on the same ice as this kid, you might not trust him yet, right? You've got to make sure he, he kind of earns his keep on the team, and you can trust him, and you can build with him together. And that's kind of what it is with football. And so we're teaching him those lessons along the way, man, it's 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 tough, but it's so cool to see it because they're sponges. They take in oh, so yeah. much, and they learn so quickly. Uh, it it's, it's scary sometimes, actually.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. And so, so is there anything that Lincoln or you would like Lincoln to do that? He just doesn't gel with, doesn't mesh with in terms of, you know, his interests. I
0: think for me, it's because I coach. And what's funny is like, I wasn't a huge hockey. I didn't play hockey growing up. I, I got into it when he got into it because we got, so we started getting tickets from work for the hurricanes games. And I remember the Canes games as a kid, cause I'm from Raleigh. So we would go to them as a kid. I saw them in, you know, the Stanley cup finals back in the day when they won. And, and I remember Brenda Moore and the oh, team were there. Oh yeah. We were at state at the time oh, too. Man. So it was, it was wild. Um, Whew. but I, and I also had a cousin that played in the NHL. So you would have thought my, we would have been a hockey family growing up, but we weren't, we played, I played football and basketball and lacrosse. Um, So I think what I want him to be able to do that he's not doing right now, and I think it's just a typical boy thing of his age, probably just kids in general, is he doesn't listen to a single thing I tell him when we're on the ice, when I'm on the field, and I'm coaching. And I do a really good job of making sure I'm not worse on him than I am any of the other kids, right? So like, if he messes up, I let him know it. I'm like, hey, this is what you did. This is what you should have done. Try and fix it you know what I mean? And I'll coach him as best as I can. Like I do with the other kids and he just, he shuts down. And so me and some of the other coaches on the ice, we have like an unwritten rule of you coach my kid. I coach your kid. when We're on the ice because oh, that's they, smart. they're all similar, man. And they all do the same thing. They're little know-it-alls and you know, he gets it honest. That was me as a kid, a hundred percent. I can see that. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Have you gotten, kinda,
1: I mean, Go ahead. Sorry.
0: You know, with Cam, have you gotten into any of those uh, situations yet? Or is he still kind of figuring no, it out? he
1: doesn't listen at all. He's the smartest kid in the world. He knows everything. Yeah. You know, and it's, and at five, it's hard to take him down a notch. So you're just trying to, uh, you know, get as much through to him. And he understands it. But, man, I, I'm hoping, you know, as he gets older and, and grows into that, he will you know, listen a little better, but he's definitely, he's his own child. He's definitely an old soul and, uh, thinks he knows a lot. I'm scared for, uh, when he does get older.
0: I think that's like, and so that kind of brings me to my next question then for you with regards to cam specifically. So in Lincoln is kind of the opposite, right? So Lincoln was a a baby. He was constantly sick we were always worried about him he had febrile seizures from fevers and so we we really kind of kept him in a bubble and i think that had a lot to do with his sensitivity nowadays and maybe his his not so competitive strength masculine type tendencies and so for you guys i i remember vividly like you guys like cam just figure things out and he was rough and tumble and in the mud in the lakes and so it was kind of like the opposite worlds of how that worked out. So would t- explain to me that with Cam? And then I want you to tell me a little bit about the school that he's in right now. Cause I think that is so yeah,
1: cool. I was going to bring up his school. It's amazing. So, you know, I'll give a lot of props to my wife. She's a pediatric occupational therapist. So she really focuses on making kids engage on a deeper level with their environment, learns how to p- learn, how to play, learn, how to interact with others, you know, just be, you know, a child's occupation is play. They need to learn how to play. They need to learn how to, you know, be creative in what they're doing. So from the beginning, Chelsea has been great at, you know, letting Cam figure things out on his own. And a piece of that is, you know, being outside and being a boy, getting messy, playing in the water. Uh, Obviously, you know, within reason, We're not just leaving him out, out in the yard, fending for himself, but uh, she's been great at that. So, you know, when we moved to Kentucky from Raleigh, something that we really wanted to to do was be outdoors, get land and, and, you know, let him experience some of these things as he grows up. And we found an amazing school uh, called the Nature School. And uh, what what we love about it is he's he's outside 90 percent of the time their whole curriculum. So you pull up to this school, it's a uh, barn to medium, roll up doors in the front, roll up doors in the back and their classrooms are all like just open air. You've got four classrooms. You could see right through it. Um, And then they've got, you know, alpacas, they've got a farm, they've got outdoor playgrounds, they've got everything. Uh, So 90% of their curriculum is outside. Uh, There's like, they've got this chart on the wall. that's pretty cool. It's like this kind of graph and you've got your red zone. If it's too cold or if it's too hot, they're not going outside. But the other 90% of the time that's not red, they're going to be outside. So you can drop them off when it's snowing and they'll throw on their Okies, which is just like a rainproof suit. And they will be out there tromping in the woods, learning about God knows what, but we absolutely love it. And you know, it was his first time going to a school. So this unique experience has really just brought him out of his shell He's, It's been a life changing experience for him and for us. So it's been, it's been cool.
0: I bet. Yeah. That, the idea of that is so cool. And it, it really kind of fits in with at least my take on this whole dad bod brigade thing is just teaching your kids to do that because that's how we grew up. We obviously didn't go to a school that did that, but I spent – if I wasn't in school or actively playing a sport, I was either playing sports in my backyard, playing sports in the street, or literally just wandering through the woods, going down streams, (laughs) creating our own rappel zipline courses off of cliffs in our woods in the neighborhood behind us. Yeah, I'm sure we fell down a couple you know ravines before, and we got up, and we got snakes in the water with us, and we we were just – Playing around, being boys, being kids, getting dirty, getting messy, and our our parents would give us a time to be home, and we'd come home when it was dark, and we would go out after dark yeah. after we ate. It was just a normal thing, and nowadays, like, I've got to text the parents in the neighborhood. We have a neighborhood of, like, 35 houses. We're out in the country, but we're still at subdivision. We have to, like, coordinate with the parents in the neighborhood for the boys to go outside and play. Because yeah. it's just like yeah. you can't send a seven-year-old down the street by himself anymore without worrying about someone taking your kid, I guess. But that's what – and it's going to be a good thing with this, too, because I'm not saying we're perfect at any of these topics that we're going to be talking about. We're we're learning and growing and kind of adhering to them as we talk about them and learn more about them from the guests that we're going to have on and everything else. So it's going to be us learning and practicing these things as well as, as us preaching them. And I think that's, what's really cool about this.
1: Definitely. We are no experts, but (laughs) you know, hopefully we can bring enough people on and enough experiences that, you know, you can learn a thing or two.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I've got a pretty cool list of guests that I'm already really excited for. And so mine are going to be a little bit more of the doomsday prepper type guys. I've got some green berets. I've got some secret service agents. I've got some really cool that realm of things where they're going to talk about their experiences and what they believe, you know, the same kind of thing. Family dynamics, raising kids and even teach us something. Right. We talked about one of the guys. So so we have, again, small neighborhood. We have about 10 military veterans in this neighborhood alone that I live in. And so we do a guy's night every other week. Usually um, we'll get together, drink some whiskey, smoke some cigars, talk some crap. Um, and we started talking about different things that maybe we want to be better at with preparedness, not doomsday, but make sure if a hurricane comes, we've got everything we need as a family to survive, right? Because we're in the country, we're on well water, the, the emergency services aren't going to get out here quick enough. So if somebody cuts their arm pretty severely. We should know what to do with that. And obviously with some military background, we've got some training in in a lot of these things, but we had a conversation with the guys the other night where we want to do a guys night where we talk about comms, about communications, about radios, whether it's VHF, UHF, ham radio, things like that. Teach the other guys in the neighborhood how to use these things. Maybe find some online that are good and start practicing, start teaching the kids how to use it. And it's, walkie talkies to them so they're going to think it's so cool but for like the wives in the neighborhood um one of the guys we're going to have on later he's an nra instructor so he taught a concealed carry hand course or a concealed carry course here in the neighborhood and all the wives went to it they got their ccws they got their permits and so now they're all trained and it's something that's just super cool too because the wives get together during girls night now and they're talking about guns <laughs> and concealed carry and laws and everything else. And so it's it's just kind of building that community and building that camaraderie within the, the group. And that's exactly what I think this is going to do really good at.
1: I always joked when, uh, when we would visit your house over there and you told me about your neighbors and your neighborhood. I was like, man, if anything hit the fan you would have the most secure neighborhood in the state.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I won't go as far to say, I guess I will, but we have, uh, we have maps we've drawn out with, you know, potential ideas for how we would barricade <laughs> and secure it and who would do what. And everyone has a role in this and everything else, but that's for us, it's just fun to talk about and plan. But at the same time, they're, they're semi-serious. I think it's a good plan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, funny story on that. Actually, we had a, an issue kind of close to home. There was uh, just three weeks ago, a guy did an armed robbery on a pawn shop in town, probably, you know, 10 miles from my house. He, this was at three in the morning, high speed chase through the highway crashed right out front of our exit. So this was what four in the morning, he gets out and runs armed with all sorts of guns and um, guns and ammo and starts tromping through the woods and I'm probably five miles off the highway about three o'clock in the afternoon. So 12 hours after all this happens, we get police helicopters circling our neighborhood and you know, our neighborhood alert systems going off. Hey, everybody be aware. There is an armed convict in your neighborhood, in the neighborhood, like be on the lookout, lock your doors, whatever. Coming to find out they arrest the guy. Three houses up from me in is in their garage. Wow! And I'm like, yeah, that hits real close to home. And we're in a very you know safe neighborhood. Fifty homes in the country. Everyone's got over an acre. Do we lock our doors? Not always, right? But uh, you know, this was one. It was like, whoo, yeah. You know, being prepared, you need to at least have these things in the back of your mind because you never know. Yeah, no matter where you
0: are. Absolutely, and that's kind of like you keep it a little realistic and obviously I like prepping for like the doomsday scenarios and you know we talk about that, fantasize about it a little bit. but the realistic scenarios like that, like you got to know your neighbors, you've got to know your neighborhood, you yeah. got to have their contact information, and that kind of information needs to travel. So you've got like a network where you can you fire up the the group text messages and your neighborhood can be alerted in, in seconds to some kind of threat like that, right? Because the kids could be playing outside. And totally. nobody knows it. If you don't, if you don't have that kind of communication and that relationship with your neighbors and your community, that could have ended really, really badly. Um,
1: totally. Yeah. It was one where there's a, the elementary schools less than a mile from my house and they went on lockdown. If they wouldn't have been on lockdown, they would have been dropping kids off the school bus at that time they found him. So Yeah. You never know. It can happen anywhere. Anytime. Yeah. And
0: honestly, it's not always, you know, a gun thing, too. Right. You, you got to prepare your kids and your family for a fire, for medical. Like I said earlier, medical injuries. So we, we talk with our kids about, you know, hey, if there's a fire, here's what you're supposed to do. And and honestly, I've, I've started a list of, of items that I've recently realized I'm kind of deficient on in my family preparedness kit. Um, because we've got uh, our sons on the second floor and our, our masters on the first floor. So
1: I was going to say, you've got a pretty big spread between you and the kids.
0: Yeah. And you know, I can imagine how terrified he would be if he's up in his room and realizes there's a fire keeping him from getting out of his room. So we want to make sure he understands how to get out the window, how to use a, one of those deployable ladders that you can throw out of the window and those kind of things. Um, and again, because we live a little bit further out in the country, first responders are going to take some time to get here. You might take 10 minutes before a fire truck gets here or in the EMS. And you could, it could be seriously disastrous if in a medical emergency or some type of fire emergency.
1: I was one of those kids growing up that I begged my parents for a fire escape ladder. Cause I was on the second floor. I was such a nerd. I was like, mom, we have to have a fire escape ladder. So we got one, but you know, it's, you don't, you don't normally think about those things, but you know, it could be a, you know, it could be a lifesaver. Yeah.
0: I always tell my wife plan for the worst, hope for the best and you'll you'll be good. And I'm also a gear nerd too. So I'm really into acquiring gear. So my, my second favorite motto is I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And so that's, (laughs) that's kind of where I live in the realm of, of acquiring things, especially. And then to find out that I was deficient on that prep checklist, I was like, man, I I was a little mad at myself for that.
1: I'm going to need that checklist. I'm, I'm sure I'm extremely deficient.
0: Yeah. Oh, and when we get some of these other guests on, man, they're going to make you feel even worse. They make me feel bad all the time. <laughs> I thought I was good. And then I hear these guys talk and I'm like, geez, he's talking. And one of them, they don't have kids. Um, and he and his wife like practice, like bug out plans together. They'll like do like a dry run on like a Saturday. I'm like, oh, what would you guys do today? Oh, we practiced our bug out plan. Like, Damn. I need to step my game up. (laughs) But yeah.
1: Quick. Grab the passports. We're out.
0: Yeah. Grab your bag. Grab your guns. Let's go. I thought that was funny, but it's serious. I guess, you know, you got to know where to go. And that's another thing too, is we had a, we had a power outage here on Tuesday night. And so I was at hockey. Didn't have my phone with me. I was playing hockey. The kids were in bed. All of our power goes out. So wife's trying to call me. She's trying to text me. She goes to our normal area where we keep a lot of the, you know, emergency stuff, flashlights, batteries, candles, those kind of things. And they weren't there because I was on a hunting trip recently and took a lot of that stuff with me. (laughs) So she was a little mad that our kit was not there and not a little prepared. But again, it was one of those things where think about a hurricane coming through and you lose power for two weeks. What are you going to do to survive? How are you going to make sure your family can eat, can drink water, can bathe, can, you know, stay clean? Because on a well water, we lose water if the power goes out because we have well water. We have a pump that runs it from the well and power goes out. We lose water. Um, so we've been looking at different, you know, we've got generators and we've got like portable battery packs that can power certain things. And so we've got a few different, you know, alternate plans for that. But I think we're going to start looking into bigger and better, maybe whole house generator type systems for if, and when that were to happen. Um, But just again, it might not always be like life or death, but it might be like, Hey, we might be without power for two weeks because this crazy hurricane came through and now we, we don't have water. So do you have a plan for water? Do you have a plan for food? If, if something happens, like we saw what happened with the, uh, like the supply chain logistics of the, the gas issues with the pipeline about a year ago and toilet paper during COVID. Right.
1: Well, you know it's it's crazy over the winter. Um we just within the last year moved to the country and before that we we lived in town like in the city. And we had this cold snap in the middle of it was it was probably December January, December time frame and there was no severe weather. It was just extremely cold and Lexington City lost power for an entire week. Yeah. Like Something you would not plan for, like a hurricane, like you have advanced warning, this cold snap, totally random. So it could happen anywhere. Well, and to think that like,
0: right. And to think that like cold could just kill power. It happened in Texas either a year ago or something like that. I was reading about it the other day because they were talking about this grid. I actually watched this podcast on the Sean Ryan show and they talked about like the grid down situation with this guy. Um, It was incredibly incredibly like informative and also like makes me like want to go out and get more prepper stuff because it's, it's mind blowing. Um, But yeah, like same thing happened in Texas and you just, you never know. So our situation the other night was some lady hit a power pole down the street and our entire neighborhood was black for like the rest of the night. But had it been 20 degrees outside, we'd have our, our baby upstairs sleeping would have been freezing all night long. And so we would have had to have gone into action with, okay, well do we have a heater? Do we have a heat source? Do we have, something else or if it was 95 outside and we were trying to sleep it's like okay well now what do we do Um but yeah having those scenarios kind of planned out in your head and either what you're going to do about it or what you can prepare for it ahead of time is, is huge
1: definitely and I think definitely.
0: that's a big theme of of what this can be the, the dad bod brigade is talking about these things bringing them to the light bringing up you know awareness to you know dads and families and people that kind of assimilate with what we're we're talking about here. And then of course we can go into funny stories and sports or whatever else we want to talk current about. Events. Yeah. Current events. And, um, I don't know if you, do you want to go through any of the, uh, the ideas, or do you want to <laughs> hang on to those for later?
1: Let's hang on to them for later. I think, I think we'll have some fun with those.
0: I like it. We'll yeah. keep,
1: we'll keep everyone on edge for the next one.
0: Yeah. Um, so my plan is every two weeks to do a show, whether that's with a guest, um, whether it's you and me co-hosting and talking about a topic of the week or you and I interviewing a guest together, um, the format is going to kind of fluctuate like that, obviously, depending on people's availability and whatnot. But the plan right now is every two weeks, get a new op- uh, new episode out, keep the topics fluid, keep them going um, and just kind of see where it goes.
1: I'm excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have some good topics, some really good guests. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be funny. It's going to be real and informative.
0: Yeah, I agree. I
1: think it's going to be a good mix of, of everything.
0: Yeah. And honestly, if, if you people out there listening want to be a guest, if you guys have heard this and you're like, man, this is right up my alley. I'd love to get on and talk about this. Or if you specialize in a, in a certain theme or a certain topic that we've been kind of going over at a high level, Reach out to us. Hit us up on our website on the Instagram page um, at @dadbodbrigade Brigade. And the website is dadbodbrigade.com. Um, Chris, do you have any socials or anything like that that you want to share?
1: No, I'm good. All Dad right. Bod Brigade. That's the jam.
0: I love it. Yeah, spread the good word. Um, we're gonna wrap it that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Episode one is finally out there. Wherever you listen to podcasts at, make sure you give us a like, a follow, subscribe, give us a rating on Podchaser and Spotify and all the the good stuff. Um, Help us spread the word. And thank you guys so much for listening. Chris, thanks for being here, Mr. Co-host. Thank you. And um, we will talk. Yeah, absolutely. And we will talk to you all soon. I appreciate it.